Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a this is Jackie Cation, your host of The Dork Forest. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. If you like a determiner, FamilyPetAncestry.com brings you to JackieCation.com. It's good times, you guys. Anyway, uh, let's do the credits. Mike Rickberg's composed and sang that song you just heard. He sings with his wife, Sarah. He will sing again at the end of the program, The Mexican Hat Dance. Uh, Vilmos fixes JackieCation.com. And Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio. So... That's uh, credit where credit is due. JackieCation.com has many things, as does DorkForest.com, but JackieCation has the merch page. So if you were to want a CD or a DVD or a T-shirt, you got to go to the store page on JackieCation.com. There's Ranger T-shirts and CDs and DVDs. My new CD will come out the first week of March digitally, and then the end of March, hard copies. So hope you are looking forward to that. Um there is an Amazon banner and an Amazon link on both Dork Forest and Jackie Cation. And all that is, is it's a portal into Amazon. You order like normal and then the Dork Forest gets a kickback. So if you want to give to the show and um, you order from Amazon, that's one simple way to do it. You don't get charged extra. You just use the portal, the Amazon link uh, on, on Jackie Cation or the thedorkforest.com and you just order like normal. Other than that, there is a donation button. If you enjoy the program and want to donate, feel free. Knock yourselves out. There's a PayPal button. You can donate uh, monthly. If you like, 10 bucks a month makes a super fan because it's 10 months and then two months when I ask you to donate to a food bank. Or you can donate all at once or you don't have to donate. Don't worry about it. Just tell people about the show. And other than that, my calendar is on JackieCation.com where you can see where I'm doing stand-up comedy. I am doing stand-up comedy in Los Angeles this week. So that's the exciting news with that. This is a great episode. You will enjoy. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm in my living room, uh, with a, with a, with a rando setup because of my kitchen still being a disaster and me being lazy. But I'm here with a, a genuinely a c- comedy friend from Minneapolis back in the day, Mr. Greg Fiddler. How's it going? It's good. Welcome to the show. We've it's, never been on. Uh, this is my first time doing your show. 11 years later. Which is great because I thought I was going to have to put the tile down when I got here. <laughs> uh, you know, you are from Minnesota. You've got the chops. It, I walked in the door and the only thing I could possibly contribute to this situation <laughs> has got to be some type of manual labor. Did you see, did you, I, I did, you did see because I showed it to you. The, isn't it a nice design Andy made for the, it's, for the kitchen? It's fantastic. It's a, it's a nice sort of, it's it's it looks fifties and wacky. Right? It does. It reminds me of a deck of cards. Mm. Look at the sh- the diamond shapes. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And why wouldn't it? Because it's a game, a deck of cards. And you know, we did a a Deadpool uh, a Deadpool. We did. That's not a bad idea either. We did a Deadwood LARP, live action role playing game. And everybody who played in the game, they'd show up in costume, dressed like they. It's essentially just cowboys and Indians, right? So they they show up dressed like cowboys from Deadwood. And then Andy would give each of them had had individually made them a deck of cards that um would be their currency for that game, uh based on their character. Like if you were um a gunslinger, you had a lot of clubs. Because clubs are clubs. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> if you were the banker, you had a lot of diamonds, right? It's a simple, you know, there were, he didn't think it through. I mean, he, he didn't try to make it harder than it needed to be, is what I'm saying. I remember that. I remember when he explained that to me. Yeah, um, it was. pitched that to me, but I could not be there that night. Greg Fiddler, stand-up comic in Minneapolis, uh, been working on The Soup and wrote for Leno and, and comedy writer, funny, genuinely humorous gentleman that I've always enjoyed. Um, here's my question. Uh, what's your dorkdom? What are we going to talk about? Motorcycles. Yes. <laughs> I'm so psyched when you said it the other morning at breakfast. I was like, I've never had a motorcycle dork on before. And you, I know, have owned several motorcycles. I've owned several motorcycles. <laughs> and when, it, Have you always, as a child? Yes. Yes. Um, I've. They are pretty cool. They're pretty cool. It's, you know, they're one of those things that whenever somebody walks by a motorcycle, they, they have to stop and touch it and <laughs> sit on it 
if they if they're allowed yeah, until you come back and, and then they'll jump off but they'll they'll always ask you questions about it they yeah they're one of those things that are just Wait, fascinating have people, have people just you've come back from like going to the store or a restaurant and someone's sitting on your motorcycle no, I, okay. I've never caught anyone doing it, but I know people do it. I know it's I've tempting. I've seen people do it. It's it's like a drum set. <laughs> no one can walk past a drum set in a room. You're going to nope. sit down and you're going to start playing it. Or at least tap it. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, I've spent enough time on, on the sets of, of television shows that if there's a drum set or a gun on set, <laughs> people are going to walk by. They can't walk by. They're going to stop and they're going to pick it up and they're going to play with it. And it. motorcycles are the same way. Um, so many times I've come out of a store or whatever and there'll be someone just staring at my bike. <laughs> and it could be, it could be a middle-aged woman. It could be a little kid. It could be an old man. Yeah. It could be a young guy and they'll just start asking you. You know, questions about it. What kind of is it? Is it a thing? Yeah, yeah. people like, are fascinated by motorcycles. They are. It's uh, mostly, I think, because of how dangerous they are. Yes, they look super fun. Yeah, and here's the thing that I've learned about motorcycles. Yeah, they're they're dangerous, and mm-hmm. and it's because the the training that we have is inadequate for them. And really, we just have a really casual attitude towards motorcycle riding yeah. in, in this country and probably everywhere. If you've, if you've watched the videos from like right. Asia of the I'm eight pretty sure people you can, on, a, on a little scooter going up the side of a mountain. They will just we, give you a motorized bike in the world. Yeah, we, we just don't take it very seriously. Um, it was in the, I think it was in the eighties that someone finally did a study on motorcycle accidents to try to determine why they happen and how dangerous it is. And that study was done out here uh, by In a California? professor from the University of Southern California. Okay. And the study is called the Hurt Report, which oh. I thought, <laughs> what a great name yep. for a uh, motorcycle report about accidents. But it turns out the guy that did the study is Professor Harry Hurt. Harry Hurt. It's just his name. I was going to say that's his name, which is hilarious. I, yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I thought they were being ironic, but nope. the guy's name is Harry Hurt. They're being literal. It's, uh, you know, that's funny. My mother was killed in a motorcycle accident when, that's not 72. funny. No, well, it is actually, uh, it's I, ironic. And I it's have milked it. Weird. I have milked yeah. it for the comedy that I, I can. Yes. I, I've been a witness to this, but, uh, the, uh, <laughs> yes. And, um, but it's, uh, interesting that they waited so long to do the study because the eighties, a lot of people were killed before the eighties or whatever. Cause I, I remember when I was a kid, you, you'd meet these, you know, there was always like, yeah, you hear what happened to Bud? You know, and you're just like, he's in a wheelchair. And you're like, yeah, cause, so the people aren't, cause what does it do to get to, to, to get a license? You need to take a written test and, yeah. and you need to pass a test, but this is probably. Are they on the back? How do they, how, <laughs> like, how do you, like, how do you do a, a driver's test with a motorcycle? Well, the driver's test. Mm-hmm. Comes from Southern California. It comes from the uh, California Highway Patrol test. It's they. they oh, it was invented. Somebody did a skills test, and yeah, the test that I took in Minnesota the first mm-hmm. time I got a license is based on the CHP test that you take out here. Oh, okay. And what you have to do mm-hmm. is you have to drive around some cones in a parking lot. Oh, with nobody else around, just you and some cones. Yeah, and there's some a other things you cones. have to. There's some little things you have to do, like you have to. You know, get up to about 25 miles an hour and then yeah. show that you know how to brake. But, um. But that's the whole thing. The, the whole thing is, I guess, proving it's, it's very hard to steer a motorcycle when you're going slow. Ah. You know, there's two ways that motorcycles steer. There's the fast way, like when you watch them racing and you lean over and you yep. go around corners. And there's the slow way, like when you're riding a tricycle and you have to actually turn the wheel. Yeah. To make the wheel turn. The slow way is, is the hard way to drive. And I, I think maybe what they are getting at with the skills test is. Yeah. They you want don't, to make sure. Yeah. You don't learn how to go slow until you spent a lot of time on a motorcycle. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Go get like a, like a 700 pound Harley and, and try to do a U-turn in a parking lot. And, and that is one of the, that's actually on the skills test. One of the things that you have to do is make a U-turn within uh, a standard parking space. It's very difficult to do okay. on a motorcycle. So that's good. I mean, because if you can do that, that means you've spent a fair amount of time. Yeah. To, so do you get like a learner's permit? You get a learner's permit. And, and then when you, you have just, a learner's permit, yeah. you, you can't ride at night, you can't ride on the freeway, and you have to wear a helmet. Now, okay. Helmet laws are not standardized uh, across, across the, the country. country. Yeah. That's, that's just another 
that's just an American thing. You know how we are about that, where in state to state, yeah, states Arizona, rights, states you, rights, right up to the border, and then you got to put your helmet on when you come into California. Yeah, Wisconsin, they're like, no, you know, you weren't using your head anyway, so don't worry about it. Well, here's an interesting story. Okay, uh, California has a helmet law because of a gentleman gentleman named Gary Busey. Oh, You're really? familiar with him. Wait, the helmet law is because of Gary Busey? He advocated the helmet law back in the late 80s after he had an accident. Okay. So your helmet law was made by probably one of the most irresponsible motorcycle riders <laughs> uh, in the history of the world. I, I read this in People Magazine, so it's probably 80% true. Right, right. But what he did- I need a second source. Yeah. What he did was um, he didn't have a license. Okay. He wanted a motorcycle. He had a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. And this is a kind of a common- thing that you hear about with, with motorcycles. He went down to uh, a dealer down in Culver City that was a big uh, Harley dealer, and he said, I got to get this. It was like like some special soft tail they just started making. He said, I, I, I want it as fast as I can get it. So they order it for him. It comes in on a Sunday, and they're mm-hmm. not open on Sunday. But one of the salesmen says, well, you're Gary Busey, so I'll, I'll come down and, and I'll open up the store for you, and you can have your motorcycle. So he goes down there. Uh, they give him the bike. He waves goodbye. He drives it off the lot. He makes it about two blocks <laughs> and he dumps it. Oh yeah. And, and that's how, uh, that's how he hurt himself. Oh, so just two blocks from buying the motorcycle. He dumps it means that it tipped over, obviously. Yes. And the, the did guy it that sold it to him yeah. ran down and was the guy that picked him up. So that's how far he made it. <laughs> Within sight. So this is the guy that's advising you on motorcycle safety. After he had his accident, because he was a celebrity, you know, that, right. Oh, that's, this guy can help us pass a law because he'll get us some publicity for it and all that. You know, it's interesting that they'll sell you a motorcycle without a license, but I, I remember my brother Russ bought his first car without a driver's license. Don't need a license to buy a vehicle. You can buy a snowmobile, whatever it is. You can buy a gun without a license. Well, yeah, maybe okay. not a handgun. I think you need a, a license for a handgun. But yeah, that's uh, you can buy it. Yeah, you can get a shotgun the, without any sort yeah. of. You just walk in and it, walk it, out. It doesn't mean that you're the person riding it. But the thing about getting a license is, again, they really don't teach you how to ride a motorcycle. Right. Uh, th- in order to to learn that you you need to go to a school, yeah, and the schools are kind of motorcycle riding school is motorcycle racing school, and I think that scares <laughs> a lot of people off, like it scared me off, you know, yeah. like I had a hard time passing the test, but I mean that's a whole nother thing is you go out, you get the book, and you realize I need to drive around these little cones. It sounds easy, you try it, it's really, really hard to do, right, like, okay, I gotta practice this right. Well, after I I did it in Minnesota, and for some reason when I moved here, when I renewed my license to get a California license, I didn't check the check the box that said I had a motorcycle endorsement. Oh, so when I went to get a motorcycle in California, I had to retake the test. Okay, to get my endorsement. So I'm like, okay, I've passed it before. This will be fine. But in the meantime, I had bought a big, huge motorcycle <laughs> that's – you want to take the test on the smallest motorcycle that you have. Right, because the, the, then you'll appear genius-like. Yeah, you want to follow a guy who's been doing stand-up for two years. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it's just easier to take it on a smaller right. bike. If you're looking smarter. to get booked, not if you're looking to have the best show possible. So, but, so I feel like um, – so I'm just going to practice. And yeah. luckily, I live – Several blocks from LA Valley Community College. Right. And Which has giant parking lots. There's a giant parking lot. I'm over there practicing one day and I look down and I see all these patterns painted on, on the pavement. And I'm like, wow, that is exactly what the test is. <laughs> and I'm driving around and after a while I realize, or I, I think I looked it up on the internet. You can take a class in that parking lot. And that's where you practice. Oh, okay. But there weren't any classes coming up. And I okay. thought, I'll just practice until I can do this. Right. So I'd come by every day and I'd practice a little bit until one day there's actually a, a sheriff's office at LA Valley College. Right. Uh, the sheriff comes by and kicks me out. Oh, weird. <laughs> I said, you know, I'm practicing to take my test. And he said, you can't practice here. You have to leave. He kicked me out of there twice. <laughs> same guy? <laughs> I don't know if it was okay. the same guy. So – they want you to, to take a test. They want you to be good enough. But if they catch you practicing. But hold on. <laughs> they, something's gone horribly. Something's right. gone wrong. So anyhow, I go down. I figure I'm ready to take my test. 
I, I decide to take my test on Halloween. Interesting. So I, I, it's probably I, when the appointment was available, I assume. I, I think it just happened. It wasn't, to be a you were Friday like, morning. I want, I thought nothing bar. of it. I thought, yeah. what could go wrong just because <laughs> I want to take my motorcycle test on Halloween? So I go down to the place down in Hollywood and everyone that works there is wearing costumes. Okay. Cause it's Halloween. And right. you know how, it's sure. One of those it's an of office days. thing. Sure. So, um, I pull up to the window and I ask this woman, where do I go for my test? And she's talking to me and I'm wearing a helmet, so I yeah. can't hear her. <laughs> so I think she got a little irritated with me right. that I couldn't hear. So I take You were dressed helmet. as a motorcyclist. Yeah, I was, I was all set and ready to go. I, I was dressed as a motorcycle, as an unlicensed motorcyclist. <laughs> that was your costume. I went home as an unlicensed <laughs> oh, motorcyclist. <laughs> so she tells me, go over there yep. and, uh, park your bike. Okay. And I know what the course looks like because I've seen it many times. I go over and I, and I, just park my bike. Mm-hmm. And so she walks over. She's the person that's going to give me the test. And she just seemed a little bit irritated that I was interfering with her Halloween. Interesting. So she comes over and she says, okay, here's how you do it. You know, you have to drive around the right side of that cone. And then I want you to go through that circle, come back. If you put your foot down or if you knock over a cone, you automatically flunk. And I go, okay, can I straighten out my bike? Because I had parked it at a right angle to the first cone. Yeah. Because I didn't know. She right. said, just go park your bike over there. So yeah. I said, well, you know, can I straighten out my bike so that I have some kind of a fighting chance to do this? And she says, no. Oh, so you were, <laughs> you're like, then why don't like, you light you know, my $35 really, on fire? Yeah, there's like <laughs> almost impossible for any human being to do this. She's like, you know, you, you got to start from where you park your bike. So I get on the bike. I make it around the first cone, but I had to swing out so wide, I run over the second cone. Oh, and you're done. I go around to do the thing. I come back, and she goes, well, you just flunked because you hit a cone. Mm -hmm. So I went home. Right. um, There's another way you can get a license, and that's if you take a motorcycle safety foundation course, you will automatically get a license. But you have to spend uh, motorcycle safety foundation, MSF. Okay. So I figure, okay. Maybe I don't know as much about riding motorcycles as I think I do. Right. I'll spend two days up in Woodland Hills riding around a parking lot. <laughs> sure. And then they'll and just give autom- someone two hundred dollars to tell you how to do it. Yeah, and then whatever. they'll automatically give it to me. So I I went and did that, mm-hmm. and and that's how I got my license. Is it a motorcycle? Was that the motorcycle racing class that you were? No, it's not. Okay. That is the the motorcycle safety class? It's it's okay. It'll teach you some really basic stuff like how not to get hit by a car. Um, a, that that doesn't seem that doesn't seem too basic. That seems well, super basic, just the right amount of basic. Yeah, it is. Start seeing motorcycles, Craig. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to do get you, hit by a car. How do you how do you not get? What, what's the? Is there? It's there's just things being you can. Aware. Yes, there's things you can do to make yourself more visible to cars. Like one of them is just be predictable in the way that you ride. Like sure. don't weave in and out. Like the classic thing you see. People a sometimes large do. percentage of motorcyclists doing yep. don't come up on cars really fast and then go around them. Um, when you come up on intersections, yeah, stay as close to the middle of the road as possible because it makes it you come into someone's field of vision earlier and it gives you more room to avoid someone if they cross your path. Okay, there's there's things like that that you can do. Uh, buy a red or an orange motorcycle. Okay. Blue and black motorcycles are hard to see. Gray motorcycles are hard to see. So yeah, I ended, after I did all this, I ended up buying a red motorcycle, which I, I hate the color red, but I finally decided you yeah, would like I, to I be want, seen. I'd like to be seen. So you can learn that kind of stuff through the the motorcycle safety classes. And what about? Are you a pretty good motorcycle racer? Um. I don't know. Can you go super fast and not die so far? Oh, I can go super fast and not die. Okay. But I don't know what kind of a racer I would be because racing, again, there's like three different pieces to this. There's like just being able to keep the bike up and being safe and not killing yourself. Yeah, yeah. There's being able to really ride, and that involves knowing how to corner, and that's what you learn in racing school. And then there's racing, which is taking both of those things and putting them together when there's someone behind you <laughs> trying to pass you yeah. and you're trying to pass someone in front of you. That's really nerve wracking. Yeah. And, and when I went to racing school and just in school, there's people that will race you. Yeah. Um, just to be cool and whatnot. But that's when you start to appreciate motorsports because I never cared for motorsports. Right. But you really develop an appreciation for 
the difference between going fast and racing. I don't know how I would do in a race. Yeah. But be- if you ever want to get – there's two ways on a motorcycle to get your target heart rate up really high. One of them <laughs> yeah. is when a car makes a left turn in front of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's better than a Stairmaster. Yeah. <laughs> it goes up to about 250 in, in, in half a second. The other way um, – is is get out there on a racetrack and race somebody, and it really is. It really, really gets your adrenaline going. Yeah, when I suppose you have to really want to, just because. I mean, there's like there's there's riding for the joy of it, right? I think Dean Del Rey was was talking about this at some club, comic, and um, and he was talking about how he had always used his bike for transportation, and then finally he was like, you know, I'm gonna take the bus and the subway, and I'm just gonna ride for fun again. And he said it changed his life again, you know, just because there's there's if you're using it for transportation, you just need to make sure you're safe and you get to where you're going, you know, and then riding it for fun. I think he was talking about like riding it on the PCH and like windy kind of like that's that's got to be more fun than than just trying to get through the 405. And you're like, well, everyone's going less than 35. I guess I can go between <laughs> cars. And- yeah, that's that. That's where you end up. And, and that's where I ended up. And. There, there's no, I just don't Did see you do the it sense for- in, in riding your motorcycle to work and back. It's in, in, in Los Angeles. It's awful. It's nerve wracking. There's just too much temptation to go between the cars because when you get on the 405 and it's legal and it's all backed everyone's up. Everyone's going under 35. Yeah. I you're just looking at it. And after a couple motorcycles whip past you, you're just like, why am I doing this? And, and, and you're going to start going between the cars. Yeah. And then you can get bumped. And then you're, you're not wearing anything but what? Leathers and a helmet? Yeah, well, if, if you're smart? If, if you're smart, you're wearing <laughs> leathers and a helmet. Um, a lot of people just, I guess if you're riding for transportation, fashion comes into play. Like you don't want to get to work and have to peel off a bunch of leather. And be all and sweaty. And be all sweaty and have, have helmet hair, that kind of thing. And there's also people that just kind of rail against the system and refuse to buy real helmets. Yeah. There's a helmet law in California. Right. And helmets have to be certified by oh, the they, Motorcycle Safety Foundation. Oh, any helmet that you're wearing has to be a certified helmet. For it to be legal. Okay. There's helmets you can buy, like when you see the guys that, and it's usually guys. It, uh, usually. Almost, uh, invariably, it is a gentleman wearing like an old World it looks War like, I Yeah, it looks like a German Tupperware. It's a yeah. piece of Tupperware that, that your grandma used to put her candy in. Right. Uh, flipped upside down. The and, pointy thing from, from World War One that yeah. the Germans wore. I saw a guy in that, one of those. Yeah, next time look at somebody wearing one of those. There should be a sticker on the back, a visible sticker on the back that cops should look for, but they probably don't. Right. That would indicate that that is a legal helmet. Yeah. But people want to get around the helmet law by wearing the smallest helmet possible. Right. Um, coverage area of your head seems <laughs> to be a big concern with these people and, and d- inversely related to the right. amount How that I you're rebelling cool? against the system. Right. So yeah, people wear really small pieces of plastic on their heads, the smallest thing they can get away with. And I, I've never heard of someone getting a ticket for it, but it, it, it is it's, illegal. It's illegal. Because, yeah. yeah. They're not helmets. Um, they're not, they're not certified helmets. So yeah, I see a lot of people that they really don't dress for the ride and the people, well, here's the saying that you learn when you start taking safety classes is you don't dress for the ride, you dress for the crash. Okay. Because everybody crashes someday. Yeah. You don't get to pick the day. Right. And so you might as well standardize your dressing. I, I learned <laughs> this the hard way. I, I got hit by a car. I was going maybe like 10 miles an hour. Oh, really? I'm down on Wilshire Boulevard on my way to work and the cars are all backed up at a light and it's like three lanes across plus a parking lane. I'm, of course, over in the parking lane, but there's cars parked in it because it's rush hour. Yeah. But there's enough room for a motorcycle. And I'm thinking to myself, I got parked cars on my right. Mm-hmm. I got a line of stopped cars on my left. Now, when the light turns green, the cars are going to go through the light, but there's no way that a car can turn to its right because these are all parked cars on my right. Right. And as I was passing a car, the light turned green, and I don't know what the guy was doing, but he moved out of his lane to his right, and I <laughs> ran into him. Right. He was either going to hit me or he was going to hit a parked, parked car. car. So yeah. I don't know if he was like, look, I'm going to hit something, whoever comes along first. <laughs> 
I don't I care if it's a car something. or a motorcycle. Let's, uh, and uh, that's the last time I wore tennis shoes on a motorcycle. I, I still have a scar on my, my ankle from that. Oh, really? Um, yeah, motorcyclists are going to have scars on their, their wrists and their ankles and their shoulders and their knees because that's what hits the ground yeah. uh, when you fall. So that's that's where you want your padding. And we're usually pretty good about taking care of our head. Yep. And a lot of jackets now have padding in the shoulders and the elbows, but still a lot of people wear jeans when, yeah. when they ride motorcycles. And uh, denim, it turns out, is cotton. Right, right. <laughs> cotton <laughs> will, will wear through very, very quickly. It'll, it'll get ripped to shreds it's, pretty fast. It's not much better than, than the cotton socks that you're wearing. Okay. So, um, yeah, you, you're going to get shredded if, if you're wearing jeans. There are absolutely no protection whatsoever. So I know that you... And Kylie have gone sort of like touring, right? Don't, have, haven't you gone on like holiday on the bike? We, we did one holiday. We went up to, ironically enough, we went up to wine country. We went up to Solvang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With some fellow comedians, Chris yep. McGuire and, and Tess Rafferty, right. who drove up there in their car and like and people, we, like people. Yep. And we got on a motorcycle and, and it was this time of year. It was January. We get up there and we're just freezing. Our knuckles are all right. Cause it's, it's cold. It, it's gotta everything. be a, a six hour drive, right? I think it's like three and a half. Oh, well, not, the way we went, cause we, we took the back way through Santa Barbara. You know, we want yeah. to go through the mountains and all that kind of stuff. So then we get to the wine tasting and we're standing around eating crackers while everyone else drinks wine. Cause I'm, I'm not going to drink wine and then, and then get back on your bike, get back on a bike. Yeah. That's. It's hard enough to get in your car after you've had uh, an adult beverage or yeah. two. That's the only time we did an overnight ride. Um, luckily, if you live in Southern California, yeah. you can just – if you leave at, at 8 o'clock in the morning, you can take a 300-mile ride and you can be home at 6 or 7 o'clock at night. Wow. There's a lot of wonderful places you can go outside of L.A. The best place is the um, – Angeles Crest Forest, which okay. is also known as the two, the highway two. <laughs> highway two. It, it goes through the forest. It goes up through the San Gabriel Mountains. It goes up over Mount Wilson, which is, is 5,000 feet. Yeah. And that's, you know, that that's gets snow sometimes. Yeah. That, that, that it's high enough. That's up where all the, the broadcasting towers are. There, there's a bunch of loops that you can do around here. Um, just within the forest and the little places that are around the forest, big Tahunga Canyon, little Tahunga Canyon. And they're just, they're full of motorcycles on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. If you go out there, it's all just motorcyclists. If you're on a bike. Yeah. It's motorcyclists waving at you. Because <laughs> we, we wave to each other. <laughs> this is something you don't know if you don't ride a motorcycle. Right, we, right. we acknowledge our people. It's the, it's, it's the nod. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's this too. It's, we, you, you pat your head. When you see someone coming and there's a cop behind you. Okay. Waiting to, yep. to bust people, you pat your head. And then everybody knows. Well, there's really any kind of danger or something, yeah. but normally. Essentially heads up. Yeah. Well, if you go by a motorcyclist and they pat the top of their head, that means there's a speed trap behind them. They, they drove past it and they're, they're just giving you a heads up. Well, that's nice. It's sort of like, I remember when I used to do the road up in my car all the, for a thousand weeks. Um, there was this whole thing with, with truckers that, that you, you know, like when, when a trucker wants to get over into your lane, if if you flash your lights at them, you can acknowledge that you've seen that they need to get over and that you will not get in their way and impede their way. And then they get over and then they flash their brake lights at you. It is uh, seconds of family fun and uh, <laughs> on a long ride through North Dakota and Nebraska. Uh, it's uh, desperate times for entertainment. So it was great. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I had a, I was going through Little Tahunga Canyon once and, and a Beverly Hills cop in his uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh, came riding back at me the other way, and he flashed me the peace sign. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I'm up in, in Little Tahunga, I think it was in Little Tahunga Canyon, and right. it's Beverly Hills Cop. He's not on duty. He <laughs> just took his bike. Right. Uh, he's not, which he, clearly is, is a police bike. That's how I recognized it. And yeah. I saw his, his badge on his shoulder when he went by, so I know he's Beverly Hills. Right. Um, yeah, Good eyesight, man. Riding. Well, when you see a cop, you yeah. generally look at them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Out, What's he <laughs> Where did doing? they come from? Yeah. yeah I mean, you, especially well, when you're out in the forest, cause there's, there's, there's a lot of Leos, law enforcement officers. There we go. Was... There are police. Yep. Um, there's highway patrol and there's forest service officers. Do they all have the right to boss you around? The forest service officers can tell you things like, things that you can't do to the forest. There's certain places you can't park. You can't drive off road. You need permits to park, things like that. 
CHP can do you know, they issue anything. traffic tickets. Yeah. That, that's what CHP does. Um, and police, you know, police does all that, that local cop. Yeah. And Is then it? there's local cops and, but you usually don't see the local cops out in the forest. Yeah. Um, have you ever done any off road? Do you, did, did you ever have an off road bike? I, I did when I was a kid. Yeah, let's let's talk about the actual bikes here. At, at some point, Rangers are going to be like, "This is great. There's a lot of very very practical information about <laughs> motorcycles." But what's the toy look like? The toy, yeah. Well, so, it, what, what was your first bike? There's there's two kinds of them. Um, uh, my first bike was a Honda 80, and it was the ugliest thing you could imagine. It was from I think the late 60s, and I got it in the late 70s when I was about 14 years old. It looked like. A woman's bicycle, like a woman's 10 speed. It had this very, you know how most motorcycles, there's handlebars and then there's a gas tank yeah. that flows seamlessly into the seat. Yeah. This somehow had a gas tank that slanted down the oh, way so that the, a woman's 10 speed, you know how yeah, that yeah. It has a v. from the it's, women's. It's so that I can wear a I'm skirt. I'm not really sure it's, where well, the gas went on that, <laughs> on that thing, but it, it was just, it was really ugly. And, and it was – is the 80 the horsepower? No, 80 is the uh, cubic centimeters of the engine. So it's it's very small. Okay. And But it was street legal. It had a license plate on it. And okay. And it was kind of a community bike for – we had five boys in our family. And yeah. And we all just took turns riding it. Yeah. But um, it was kind of for me because I wanted it and I took care of it and, and that kind of stuff. But it had this absolutely horrible suspension system. You know, the front suspension was all worn out so that when you tapped on the front brake – it just bottomed out immediately. <laughs> and there was always two or three of us riding it around. Uh, oh, uh, on top? On... Yeah. We, we rode it around in the street in front of our house back in the days when, when you could do that and, and not get sent to jail immediately. Right. It's uh, – wait. Like two of you on the bike at the same time? Oh, yeah. Okay. Like like piggyback, like on the handlebars or no, what are we looking no, at? Just one <laughs> like person the on the, the seat. But then you can actually put when, – when you're you know, 12, 13 years old, you yeah. can get two or three guys – Cram your way in there. You can get three people on scene. <laughs> um, and then my second bike, my first real adult bike, I bought a Honda CX500 from a retired Marine. Okay. Uh, the guy's name was, he was a retired general. His name was Stoneheim, which I think is German for stone home. <laughs> His last name was actually Stoneheim. Yeah. And I bought it out of the Minneapolis paper. Right. Um, I see the ad. I call the guy, say, you know, I'll come and meet you and, and I'll buy your motorcycle from you if I like it. And he comes riding up wearing a helicopter helmet. <laughs> what is it? Like a, like a spinny. You like, see them kid? in the movies. Yeah. It's a helicopter helmet. <laughs> and, you know, the conversation shifted its way towards that eventually. And he had flown in helicopters when he was in the service. Okay. And he simply liked. He preferred a helicopter helmet to the standard certified motorcycle helmet, and, and that's what he wore when he rode Did he it. like the sound? Thwap, 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 thwap. It sounded like a, like a helicopter. Uh, well, that PTSD, it comes out in different ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he sells me the bike, and it was a wonderful motorcycle, except for one thing. He had purchased a fairing, um, which is the thing that goes on the front there's, you know, like the windshield. Yeah. That's just a shield. That's just a little piece of plastic. But a fairing is a whole thing that goes around, kind of makes it look like a racing motorcycle. Oh, like a, attached to like the fender? It's like a fender. Yeah, it makes it windshield. look like a big fender on the front of the bike. Okay. And you bolt it onto the actual bike and then the handlebars turn inside of the fairing. Okay. Well, he had purchased the incorrect one. Oh. I don't know that he really sounded like the kind of person that would do a modification to the bike and do the incorrect <laughs> one. But he did, and he did it such that the handlebars wouldn't turn as much as handlebars are supposed to turn. Well, that sounds safe. That sounds it's, super not safe. Well, you don't need to turn the handlebars on a motorcycle if you're going fast. Okay. Right, to do that kind of a turn. But to do the kind of a turn you need to pass your uh, uh, motorcycle, motorcycle safety test. class, uh, I flunked it the first time because I because you couldn't. <laughs> couldn't turn the thing enough because this guy put a fairing on the bike that wouldn't let you turn the, the handlebars. So finally I took it off and then, and then I passed the test with it. Um, and then my next adult motorcycle. Here's my first, here's my question in the middle though. This 500, is that the cubic centimeters of that? That's thing? the cubic centimeters. You go from 80 to 500. Okay. So it's a lot faster. Like an 80, an, a Honda 80 can go what? 60 miles an hour max? 
Well, yeah, probably. And but then, it's the way that you get there. That's going to take you two days <laughs> on a Honda 80. Okay, so it was more 35, 40 miles an hour max. Yeah. And then and then the CX-500, that's um, a regular street bike kind of thing? Yeah, that's a Honda. It's it's a V-twin, so it's like a Harley-Davidson. What uh, What is a V-twin? A V-twin means that it's like a Harley-Davidson. <laughs> Did they has, invent something? What yes, Harley-Davidson invented the engine that has pistons that are shaped like v's okay um they kind of they go like this they go sideways in so that it looks like a v. An angle okay an yeah angle. and so that that's, looks cool that, that's called the v-twin it looks cool it's got that that sound that harley sound there's okay. something about the the timing of the the cycling of the piston and the crankshaft and the thing that gives it the harley sound okay and so japanese a motorcycle started copying that. I think about in about the sixties, they started doing that and, and then they got really, it caught on in the United yeah. States in the sixties and the seventies when, when all the Japanese motorcycles kind of started to take over. So the CX 500 Honda is a V twin. So it looks like that. It kind of look, it's shaped like a Harley. Okay. But it definitely looks like it's a Japanese version of. Of a Harley. Okay. But it, it's not that fast. It probably went like a hundred or something like that. Okay. Which is what a car will do. Um, but not no air, uh, and no death, uh, or different death. But the, uh, so, okay. So what did it, what did, so Harley Davidson's, you said that there's a, a certain style with them. I've only seen like sort of the chopper bikes. <laughs> I mean, when I think of motorcycles and Harley Davidson's, I think chopper bikes or I think cop bikes. Because aren't, aren't most police motorcycles Harley-Davidson's? Not anymore. No? A, a lot of them are BMWs. Okay. And even Honda and, and some Yamaha now. Okay. But they're, they sort of, they're, they're like, it's like a fist. The one, the cop bikes look like a, a box. They look like a very sort of powerful, you know, just a, I'm not putting this right, but it's like like a muscle, right? No, the, I, I think that's exactly how Harley Davidson wants you to put it. Exactly, that, that is exactly how it is. Uh, v twin that only refers to the shape of the engine, right? The 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 rest the of the bike, of the, the, the whole rest of the bike anything. is 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 as you say, um, kind of the classic chopper, but also road bikes. Um, the road bikes would be the ones, um, the cop bikes, the classic cop bike, the one that you see around L.A. Yeah. When the retired cops are working on a location, yeah, they always have old Harleys. Okay. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a generational thing, but right. um, yeah. And then you can tell Beverly Hills rides BMW, and CHP now is mostly BMW. Although okay. I think you might have your preference because I, I see cops on Harleys on the freeway, but okay, they so might be kind of... local cops. They might be LAPD that just happen to be on the freeway. And you get to pick maybe. It's well, my neighbor Larry. Larry, my neighbor, uh, he has a Harley Davidson and, um, he built an extra garage for it and then he broke his knee cause he's 70 and now he's bummed. But, uh, <laughs> cause he can't, cause the thing is, is they're so heavy, right? I mean, like a, a really big bike is, is like, like holding up a car, isn't it? I mean, yes. So how do you, like if it falls over, how do you get it back up? You have to ask for help, right? You can ask for help. There's, and they, they teach you this in, at safety school. Um, if you put your back to it. Yeah. Like lift with your legs, sit down with your back against the seat and the gas tank, put your arms behind you, get your arms underneath it, and then you can kind of push leverage. up like you're doing squats. Okay. Um, you can probably lift up the bike by yourself. Okay. And, and you'll see this. If you're like me and you watch a lot of videos of motorcycle accidents on YouTube, <laughs> you'll see, hole. yeah, the people will always come running over to help the pick up the motorcycle, and they always do it wrong. Yeah, they, they reach over and try to pull it up and, from the and handlebars. It, it never like it's works. A 10 speed. Yeah, you need yeah. seven people to do that. Yeah, uh, that that's one of the things that that you learn in motorcycle safety class. But yes, motorcycles are heavy, and motorcycles are heavier than they used to be. Like the the Honda. CX 500 yeah. that I bought my first bike in, in 1991. That was a pretty average bike, 500 cc's. It probably weighed like 400 pounds. Okay. Motorcycles now are much, much, they're, they're basically twice that. Um, a 1000 cc bike now 
It's that's an intermediate bike. Yeah. Um, some people would even call it a beginner bike. Really? Yeah. Um, they're heavier, they're bigger, they're much, much, much more powerful. What you remember that Harley Davidson that was marketed to ladies, the Rebel or something? It was called like, it was it was the seat was lower because yeah. if you were short, you could your feet could touch the ground like. A, yeah. a child. And uh do you remember that bike? I don't remember it specifically, but it had to be one of the Sportsters because the Sportster is the smallest one. The Sportster is it was, the one I think, that... And I think it was a 750. It it could have been, yeah. yeah. Sportsters go down, or I think they used to be that small, but there right. was a XR750, which was um a dirt bike that Harley used to make back when they used to race them, when they used to sponsor racers back in the day. That's the one that Evil Knievel used on, on quite a few of his jumps. Oh, really? Evil Knievel rode Harley Davidsons and Triumphs. He, right. This is just such – I mean, it just blows your mind if right. you've ever ridden that... a motorcycle. that And they had like – motorcycles that were made to jump things <laughs> back in those days. Right. They had the, the dirt bikes with all the suspension. Yeah. But it was just, no, I need to do this my way. I need to do this on an old school Fonzie. He's going to do it on a 600 pound. Yeah. A 600 pound British motorcycle, or he's going to do it on, on a Harley that, that yeah. weighs like 550 pounds, whatever it was back in those days. And it's, it's, it, it just blows my mind that, that he didn't. That, that he did anything that you could get the thing off the ground. Yeah, that is crazy because I've seen some of the like the X Games where the, you know, I like the BMX stuff, but I also like the dirt bikes. We mo- went to um, the motorcycle down thing. at uh, the OC Fair That's where they right. do the backflips. Yes, where we got to see him do real t- in real. I forgot about that. We went to the to watch that in real yeah life, and that is just you know. Those they, are they, special bikes. Those now. are special bikes. Yeah, yeah. If you're um, gonna do a a, a the whole a backflip, you need the torque that you get, and it needs to be light and balanced and all that kind of stuff. It it is absolutely amazing what you can do with a motorcycle these days. Travis yeah. Pastrana did a double backflip, right? I think with a complete twist. That's at X Games about uh, six or eight years ago. That's insane. Double backflip. Double backflip twice, two rotations. Two of them. That's crazyville. You can do that with motorcycles now. Yeah. It's uh, and I saw somebody do it on the X Games, in just a like a little ET bike, like a little BMX bike, and obviously probably. But I was just like, you have to pedal the fuck out of just to get up, <laughs> and then now you're in the air and you're like, oh, quick, 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 quick. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure exactly how that works, but. On a bicycle, mm-hmm. you weigh more than the bicycle does. Right. So, and this is what you learn at racing school. You are now the center of gravity and more so you're what's called the center of mass. You have the inertia. So like when you ride a bicycle, you can take your body yeah. and you can move the bicycle around. Right. And so I would imagine that's a big part of doing a flip on a bicycle is basically you're doing a flip. You're flipping right. your body and the bicycle is along for the ride. When you get on a motorcycle that weighs 350, anywhere up from there, pounds, the motorcycle is now the center of mass. Yeah. You, your body is along (laughs) for the ride. And this is something that you need to understand because when you go to turn a motorcycle, there is absolutely nothing you can do with your body that is going to turn that motorcycle. The only way it is going to turn is if you operate the controls, i.e. the handlebars and the gas and the suspension – so that it'll turn. And, right. and this is where a lot of people get in trouble when they don't have this training. They think things like, oh, I'm going to lean against the gas tank or I'm just <laughs> going to push really hard on the handlebars. That does absolutely nothing. Okay. So I, I think. So it's a combination of how much gas you're giving it, how you're turning the, the handlebars. And what are you doing with the suspension? What's happening? Well, the, the suspension goes up and down. The important thing the suspension does is it keeps the tires on the ground. Okay. Traction is very important when you're riding a motorcycle. Yeah. And when you go to corner, here's the thing. Motorcycle tires, you'll notice, are round. Okay. Round in both directions. Like, look at the, the tire on a car. It's kind of square. It has like a shoulder on it, right? Oh, oh, right, right. Oh. Look at a motorcycle tire. It's like a bicycle tire. It's round. It doesn't have a shoulder on it. That's yeah. because you have to lean the motorcycle over. When you lean it over on the side, you're riding on the side of the tire. Right. So the side of the tire squishes down. Yeah. And that is what's keeping you 
from falling over. Okay. And that's a little bit scary for people when they think about it. But actually, it's as far as physics go, it's it's perfectly fine. You actually have more contact area on the on ground. On the ground, then. But now, you can't do things like give it a bunch of gas and change the inertia or change the angle really quickly yeah. because you're going to lose your traction. Okay. So you need to keep your suspension stable so that it keeps the tire pushed onto the ground yep. so that it can turn you. Okay. Wow. I never even get yeah, tires on. And of course I'm going back to the one thing that I pulled out of that is that there is sort of a squared off lip to a, to a car tire where it's just, it, it's, there's a, there's a sort of a flatter surface. I mean, it's round cause it's a wheel, but, um, but it is squared off. Interesting. I just thought I'd recap that, uh, that fascinating thing that I thought was. It's one of the things that people just don't, people don't get about motorcycles. And I mean, motorcycle riders sometimes don't uh, um, get. I think the vast majority of people who ride motorcycles don't know how to ride motorcycles. Well, you said that, that you read the, that, you ended up taking the safety class from this guy who invented safety classes. And, I took and the, now I took the racing class right. oh, the, from another thing that originated here in Southern California yeah. was this old racer, Keith Code, wrote code? a book. Does called, he live by a code? He, he does. <laughs> um, and we'll get to that. <laughs> he wrote a book called Twist of the Wrist. Twist of the Wrist? Everything that he learned about racing, he thought – the average person who rides a motorcycle needs to know these things so that, that they can ride because with the most important thing about motorcycling is cornering. Okay. That's also the most important thing about racing. It's all cornering. Yeah. I mean, it's just about I everybody's mean, story about having an accident. They'll say, well, he went around a corner too fast. Right. I mean, if you, if I'm going straight, I'm going to be, I, I mean, I know how to do that. It's, That's it's only when I turn is, is the world possibly going to go differently right and here's the thing that that i learned there um look at a motorcycle the, the tires are round but yep. they're round two different ways and then this is really complicated yeah um take a quarter and spin it it'll spin right yep but as it slows down you know how it starts to do tip the from the side, yeah. do the wobble and then very slowly but it's still spinning around that way both ways yeah that's what motorcycle tires do because they're round both ways okay when, when you're Tilt a motorcycle so that you can turn. Yeah. Because it's round, it's actually <laughs> the tire, when, when the left side of the tire hits the ground, it's trying to push it back up to the right. Okay. So what's happening is the motorcycle is kind of falling over to, it's having a fight within itself to see which I'm way falling, it's going to fall over. I'm falling, I'm falling. Here's <laughs> the best way to illustrate okay. that. Remember when you used to take your brother's bike when you were mad at him and you'd shove it down the hill by itself? Yep. It would do pretty well until it started to run out of speed. Mm-hmm. Now, as it slows down, it starts to wobble back and forth. Yep. And then finally it falls over one way or the other. Yep. That's what happens every time you turn a motorcycle. If you're maintaining a certain speed, it's perfectly stable. That's yep. like when you say, well, I'm comfortable when I'm just going straight. That's yeah. because the tires are fighting the other side of the tire and it's to make equidist- it fall over. Yeah, okay. But both sides are perfectly even in the fight and it's keeping it stayed. It's perfectly straight up. Think about this. Have you ever watched a motorcycle race? Probably not. Well, you <laughs> showed us a video. Yep. Show us a video in racing school. Um, and you can watch this on YouTube. Like a MotoGP race, some guy will get into a problem coming out of a corner, and the motorcycle will start bucking back and forth. That's yeah. called high-siding. Okay. When you go around a corner and like the wheels wash out and you go skidding on the pavement underneath it, that's a low side. But there's the high side where you come out and the handlebars start going back and forth. Yeah. And then the guy's fighting it like he's on a bucking Bronco. And then eventually the motorcycle throws the rider over the handlebars. So the motorcycle goes off to the side. But if you watch the motorcycle, the motorcycle suddenly straightens itself out. Right. And it keeps going <laughs> until it slows down enough and then it falls over. And then over. it tips over, yeah. So the motorcycle is smarter than you are. It's perfectly stable <laughs> right. when, when you're on the accelerator and the back wheel is pushing the front wheel. You're absolutely fine. So if this ever happens to you, mm-hmm. if you ever come out of a corner yep. and your handlebars are wobbly, or if you're riding and uh, on a rough road with a bunch of potholes and the handlebars are getting all wobbly, yeah. don't fight it. Don't go hard on the handlebars. There's absolutely you're making it worse. Okay. The motorcycle is saying, "I need to wobble back and forth before I can straighten out." Let if it you wobble. Let go. Let it wobble. 
Just and hold on. itself out. <laughs> just hold, just ride, ride the bucking Bronco and hopefully you will, you will get to the other side of the potholes. I trust the Japanese engineer who has staked his career sitting at a drawing board designing yep. your motorcycle. If you do what the motorcycle tells you to do, yep. you're going to be fine. But okay. if you fight it, you're um, probably going to fall off. Yeah. That, that's a problem. So these are the, but anyhow, so Keith Code starts his racing school. Yep. And, you go to it and and you learn all this stuff. Yeah, and it's all stuff that he learned uh, training racers, and he went through this thing where, you know, he wrote this book and he was training all these racers and he was winning, but like the establishment, the man, yeah, was saying your methods are voodoo and you know you're wrong. I and, saw and, that and all strictly this kind ballroom movie. It was the same thing in ballroom dance. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so he he came up with this thing called counter steering, which is another complicated thing that I can't even properly explain. About right, so the, like Google the, it. Counter steering. The motorcycle falls over, but that the only way to turn a motorcycle is to push the handlebar in the opposite direction than you want to go. Nobody believed him. Right. In fact, the Motorcycle Safety Foundation will teach you that you push the handlebar in the direction you want to go. Yeah. And maybe it's just the way that he explained it, but, I mean, it was a huge controversy until finally he built this motorcycle called the No BS Motorcycle. Okay. With an outrigger on it, which had handlebars that you could not turn. And he offered somebody $500 mm-hmm. if they could make the motorcycle turn, in, you know. Yep. Without without turning the handlebars, and and no one could do it. Mm-hmm. You can hang off the side of it, do whatever you want, but it's not going to turn unless you push the handlebar in the opposite direction that you need to go. And now everyone accepts this as as a universal truth. Nice. So huh. yeah, it just was uh, absolutely mind blowing to go to this class and learn how to race a motorcycle because I thought this is something I never want to do. I just want to know how to ride a motorcycle yeah. because I had purchased. A cruiser motorcycle, which is like a Harley Davidson. Okay. It's shaped like a Harley Davidson. It's got a big fat seat and you sit on it and it's nice and comfortable and you got your girlfriend on the back. Right. You got your feet out like this and, and you're uh, just, you're lounging. You're sitting in a recliner and, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's that kind of a thing and it's very comfy. And so and you I can... just felt like I wasn't really learning how to ride. Through the motorcycle safety class, there's not much out there for, for teaching people how to ride cruiser motorcycles like that. Okay. The only thing that I kept coming back to was racing lessons. Mm-hmm. And I was not a sport bike guy. I don't want a sport bike. You know, they're stupid. Like ninja? And, uh, yeah. What would I want with a ninja? Yes. So finally I said, I okay. I a ninja. <laughs> I'm going to take this racing class. Yeah. And I'm going to see if this is something. Right. Holy shit. It blew your mind? <laughs> it absolutely blew my mind. I sold my cruiser. I've got a sport bike now. I, I just can't imagine what everything was, what that I know about it. What kind of cruiser did you – what kind of – what? so we we left at the Honda CX500. Is that – did you go to the cruiser after that? Yeah, I went to uh, the Suzuki Boulevard, which is only an 800. Okay, but that that was your cruiser was the Suzuki yeah, Boulevard? Yeah, that was a cruiser. And, and what do you – what did you – what was your last one, the sport bike? BMW. Oh, K1200 it was – a BMW 1200? 1200, yeah. That's a, that's a four-cylinder motorcycle. That's, that's got an engine in that's about uh, as big as the engine in a Honda Accord. Okay, yeah. It's 130 horsepower. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's It weighs crazy. 600 pounds. Yeah. So It's an incredible it power to weight ratio. It's to... a BMW. So, yes? Or... Yes. Okay. Imagine, you know what a BMW car is like. I know what BMW car drivers are like. It's brutal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, there, there's a reason for that. Yeah. Um, imagine if BMW made motorcycles. Yes. They, they ride like their cars. They're absolutely fantastic. It's like fantastic. a stick of butter. You sit in it and you think this feels really heavy, like mm-hmm. maybe it's going to be clunky. But no, yeah, it is just buttery. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've been like on the freeway Yeah. and just thought, well, I'm going to pass this car. And I give it a little bit of gas and I look down, I'm going 100. Oh my God. You don't even feel it. It just eats it, up the bumps so in the road. It's, they're, they're just absolutely wonderful things. Okay. So it's there, it's comfort, it's the suspension's amazing. The suspension's amazing. It, it's the a monoshock bike. The power is crazy. The power though. is deceptive. It's, it's like, it's, it's German, like yeah. a BMW or a Mercedes. You mm-hmm. don't realize it's not jerky. Yeah. It's okay. just, you, you know, yeah, it's buttery. It just looked down. You, I'm going 105. Yeah. I feel like I'm going about 50. So is that the one that you went on long trips? Oh, yeah. Like you, with Kylie? I yeah, mean, we, will you, 
is that comfortable enough? Like how long can you ride out of, on a motorcycle where you have to get off and, and crack your knuckles or do something? Well, it, it, I guess it depends on the person. I, yeah. I usually last about two hours. Okay. Kylie has fallen asleep on the back of the motorcycle. <laughs> this is actually a common thing that I've noted from talking to other people. Is, yeah. Yeah. The, the passenger, the, the passenger falling asleep, falling asleep. And then that's, Terrifying. How do you, how do you, how do they not die? What's happening? Absolutely terrifying. I don't know. Um, and, and can you talk when you're on a, when you're on a two hour motorcycle? No, it's wonderful. You cannot talk. (laughs) You're like, do you, do you point and go, look at that skyline? You do a lot of pointing. You have to develop a, a system of pats on the head for, Hey, I just want to show you something and hey, I need to tell you something and hey, you need to stop now. Okay. Thing, you know, things like that. Yeah. But or uh, I have to go to the bathroom, take the next exit. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um yeah, cuz we would just ride around. We we both like nature. Yep. We both like taking pictures. Mm-hmm. So we would just go find a landscape and take pictures of it and again in in around LA there's so many great places. Uh we rode out to the Poppy Preserve. Have you ever been out there, out no, in the middle of the I've desert? I've heard about that. Oh, in in uh, it's coming up probably late March, early April. Okay, it's just a, a sea of poppies. Yeah, yeah. Um, Opium is that what, what's harvested out there? Is that legal? Certain, no. There's only certain poppies that that, that have know. the opium content. Yeah. Um, and I these don't ones know are just exactly flowers. where to find them. Yeah, these are just cool looking flowers. Yeah. Um, but be careful because there's rattlesnakes out there. Okay. Yeah, we 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 found a snake on the uh, on the road. Oof. Not found, but, you know, drove right. by him. You, but then you, you run out snake. into the, the poppy field and everyone is out in the middle of the poppy field and you gotta believe that the I'd... snake doesn't live on the road. <laughs> the rattlesnake lives in the poppy field. Right. And you're like, well, thank God I'm wearing boots. And, yeah. uh, um, again, just the mountains, the San Gabriel mountains. Yeah. All the valleys that are, uh, all the, um, uh, canyons. The and... canyons. I, I love the canyons. I love the canyon carve. Yeah. Because they've got the big turns, they've got the sweepers, they've got the switchbacks. Um, just every kind of turn you can think of. Yeah. That's uh, the mountains. The mountains are just the place to be, but I, I really like the canyons. Um you can go up and down the PCH. Yep. But it's always crowded. Yeah, there's usually I see just dozens of motorcycle there's like clubs and stuff that you can get I mean supposedly there's gangs and supposedly there's just um there's, but there's gotta just be not gangs, right? Just like motorcycle clubs that aren't gangs. Yeah, there's, there's riding clubs and you'll see them out. You see a lot of them out in Malibu. We mm-hmm. had one behind us once. It was just so cool. We were going up Cane and Doom Road and okay. we had pulled over for some reason. And then we just got back on the road and we looked behind us and there must have been at least a hundred motorcycles behind us. Wow. All mixed up, all different kinds, a bunch of different riding clubs. And we had just, lucked out that we were up at the front of it so we looked like we were leading this profession procession yeah. of, of riding clubs all the way up that big hill if you go up Canaan Doom Road. Okay. Um if if you know Canaan Doom. Yeah. I love the name of it. Um Malibu is is very picturesque. Yeah. If nobody's out there it can be a lot of fun but it it attracts all the idiots. There's oh. a corner um called the Snake. Okay. And you can have your picture taken out there. Yep. By a professional photographer who specializes in taking pictures, videos of motorcyclists taking this one particular corner. Okay. Which is a really important corner for motorcyclists to come by and, uh, it's kind of the turn where you show off. So it's okay. turned into this so thing. So it's known, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a YouTube thing now. It's called rnickymouse.com. Okay. And he, he's got a drone now. He just stands there all oh, day wow. and videos everyone that goes by. If you drive by in a car, if you ride by on a motorcycle, if you ride by on a bicycle, you can go to his website two days later and your picture will be there and yeah. you can select the picture that you want and, and you can buy it. And, and so this is where all the motorcycle, this is where you see all, all the guys in the leather suits yeah. of varying degrees of skill yep. hang out. They go around the corner, try to get a nice picture. It's also, if you're, you just have to go past this corner to get to the rock store okay. to go hang out there. So yeah. it's, it's a high traffic area. And, uh, so he's got this whole, when there's accidents, yeah. but they're not bad. Yeah. He puts them on YouTube. Okay. And there was, it's a, not snuff films. No. It's just the ones that are dumb. 
The ones that are dumb, my favorite one, of course, being uh, the guy that was on like a Bergman scooter. It's okay. a scooter. Okay, it's just a scooter, like a Vespa? It's like a Vespa, and the guy, he's wearing shorts. Yeah. He's wearing Crocs. Oh. He comes around the corner. He he realizes he has a problem, <laughs> and he does what you should never do on a motorcycle. If you right? have a problem, he grabs the brake, okay. and he puts his foot down. <laughs> oh. Putting your foot down does absolutely nothing except break your ankle. Right, it can so, rip your foot off, I assume. His, he wasn't going that fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He puts his foot down. It goes all bad. He goes ass over appetite, you know, rolling into the gravel, into the guardrail. But the croc goes flying up in the air. And so he's laying there and he tries to get up. And there's always a big group of people that are across the street just hanging out, plus the guy that's taking the pictures. Right. And you just hear this voice from off camera go, stay down, bro. <laughs> Because <laughs> he was trying to get up. But I guess that's the wrong thing to do. But no, he he was not hurt badly. Um, right. I mean, you get scraped up when that happens. But yeah. I, I, he may have even ridden his, his Bergman scooter back home. But you can spend days just watching um, uh, videos of people going our by in cool cars. Mouse. Our Nicky Mouse. Uh, N-I-K-K-I? Riders, just like Mickey Mouse, but with an with an N. Okay. Our, okay. Our Mick, Nicky Mouse. Got it. Yeah. Um, there was a famous one that was on Access Hollywood. And it made all the shows yep. because there's a lot of bicyclists out there yep. and, and they insist on sharing the road with everyone, everyone. <laughs> it, it's Malibu. It's just, it's just, it's crowded. It's crowded on weekends. And so the bicyclists are going up the hill. It's a very steep hill. So right. you know how when a bicycle is climbing a hill, they get to the top, they're winded. They're just barely moving. Right. But he is, he's all the way over on the shoulder. Yep. This, this guy that apparently, uh, does not, did not take the motorcycle uh, <laughs> racing class comes up around the corner. There's really no problem. There's plenty of room for him to go around this guy on, right. on the bicycle, but he must have done something that is called target fixation, which is when you see an obstacle, if you stare at it, your mind will follow your eyes. Right. And he drove right into the, the poor guy on the bicycle. What? And yeah. And so it turned into this viral video. It was on all the television shows and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, that's insane. It's insane, but you can learn a lot if you really, um, want to learn how to ride and yeah. learn how to corner. You can learn a lot by watching these videos, uh, go down into the comment section and there's a bunch of geeks like me. That have been to racing school that were like, just man, he should have done this. He shouldn't have done that. That kind of thing. Yes. Well, it's, it's, it's very helpful. And yeah. Yeah. Informative for sure. The first thing that you learn, mm -hmm. stay away from that corner. <laughs> right. Go around, go it's, around. Motorcycles are dropped there every weekend. It's full of antifreeze and oil and gear lube and, and every other kind of automotive fluid. It's, it's all bumpy. It just. Just stay away from there. Stay away from Malibu. Right. Don't even go to Malibu. Yeah, go uh, go out to the forest. Go, go up. You know where you want to go. Go up beyond Ojai. Okay. Take the 33 up there. The, go past Ojai. And it's just mountains now. And it's it's absolutely Gorgeous. fantastic. Um, you can ride for two hours. That's um, awesome. Without, and there's very few people. All there is is just cops every here and there um, yeah. telling motorcyclists to slow down. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Greg Fiddler, uh, this has been an hour, first of all. And um, I didn't even ever ask you about automatic versus stick. That's why <laughs> <laughs> they have that now. Right. They have automatic motorcycles now. And, and that's why I never, because I always wanted a motorcycle. But um, it was always a thing in my family where like, no, my mom was killed on one. Nobody can ever have one. And I was like, she wasn't even driving and I don't drink. So why can't I have a motorcycle? Yeah. And so that's, that's something I'm going to have to, to deal with with my kid when, when he's old enough. Yep. Um, what are the odds that, you know, he's going to want, he's going to say, dad, I want a motorcycle. When like, he's 14, he's going to want a Honda 80. He's not going to make it to 14 <laughs> before he asks for a motorcycle. He's probably going to be about seven, seven. Well, um, but yeah, you know, and that's just, uh, you know, just something that you have to deal with i think if you understand something right but it was, you respect it you can you, you can deal with it yeah if, if you if you treat everything with respect you should be able to use it longer oh it, than, it scares the hell out of me that you know the number of years that i rode around before i took the racing it, lessons that racing thing and you realize i knew absolutely nothing 
about how to ride a motorcycle. So can you fix motorcycles? I can, and I'm at that point in my life where I've I've given up on it. I right, pay you don't people. want to. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's hard to do, and. Every time I've worked on my motorcycle, yeah. I put it back together, there's two screws left over. <laughs> and it just bothers me uh, as I well ride around. Well it ought. <laughs> so I stopped doing that and I although I did, I took my bike to um well I'll just say at Hollywood BMW. Okay. And they had to take the whole thing apart because BMW is German and they do this stupid thing where that when they design this bike, they put a gasket on it that if you don't ride it all the time, it doesn't get lubricated, the gasket dries out, and then you have to replace the, the $2 gasket, which is the thing between the motor and the transmission. So you so, have to take the motor and the transmission completely off the bike, and it costs you $1,800 to do that. Yeah. So I took it to Hollywood BMW, and, and they did that. And a couple days later, and this is something you learn – we when gotta, you walk up to your bike, you look at it before you get on it. You yeah. walk around it and you look at it. And I looked down, and the um the bolt that holds the back wheel on yeah was loose. Like I could twist it with my fingers. What? No, that's yeah. Uh, there's a big final drive that go. Well, yeah. There was a bolt on the back wheel that I could twist with my fingers. Yes. And that should never you, happen. That should never happen. And how do you when you take it to the Hollywood BMW or wherever you have to ride it there, right? Or do you have no? A, you, you can tow you it there. But in or? this instance, it's just uh, it was rideable when I um. And so you rode it home with a bolt that then the next time you went on it was untwistable with your own fingers. Yeah, I, I rode it for a couple of days like that. Oh, gee, yeah, not cool. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Greg Fiddler, hire him, find him, uh, and listen to this episode, which you already have, it turns out. Uh, I'm Jackie Cation. That's Greg Fiddler. Uh, you've listened to the Dork Forest. You know the rules out there. Take care of each other. Bye. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we, you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?